I hope everybody is doing well on this beautiful Sunday. It is fall here in the southeast, October 22nd, 2023. With fall and the changing of the seasons comes shedding off old skin and putting on new skin. That's kind of what it feels like, not in a theoretical sense, but more in a sense that when we when we change it's like changing with the seasons personally i love the fall a lot of people may or may not enjoy the fall but i love it i i could deal with fall all year round no cooler than 45 to 50 degrees at nighttime and mid 70s during the day i love it i love the smells i love the sounds of the leaves rustling i love the animals the birds the chipmunks and the squirrels frolicking around in the yards i love the activeness it seems like even though it's fall a lot of people are very active in their communities and what's going on around them on sundays i i typically do ministry for seniors i've been doing it for about four years four and a half years now it was a way to get my grandfather to come to church following my grandmother passing away. Sundays are particularly important because it's my time to devote to provide ministry and fellowship to other people who may not get it because either they cannot make it to church or they choose not to. A lot of times there are actually people who come who don't believe uh, and and. Jesus Christ or God or really anything at all. I've had non-believers come who were seniors as well. And the reason they came was because of the company and the fellowship they were able to have with other people. Being a Christian doesn't always mean we have to be hypocritical. It doesn't mean that we have to be critical of our neighbor and what they're going through. A lot of times I think we, as Christians, we determined that we have to act a certain way, look a certain way, dress a certain way. But in modern day society, that's not the way it is. I could go on and on and on about this, but the Bible teaches us that that's not, that's not what, what we're called to do as believers, even in Judaism. The changing of the seasons was common in the Middle East, and it still is today. Unfortunately, that change can sometimes bring about new problems. And other times, it can create opportunity. For those of us who don't have much of an opportunity or feel like we're down and out and we're just hard on our luck right now, don't think that that's always going to be that way. I think that I think and believe that God knows, even though we don't get exactly what we want, but He knows how to give us peace at heart Genesis 2, 4 states, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day of the Lord. In that day, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Thomas Nelson says this, The term translated as history is found in ten significant passages, all in Genesis. The term may be translated family histories and is a major marker of the different sections of the book of Genesis. In the day means when. The Lord God is a significant new term for God. The word translated as God is the same word as in Genesis 1.1. The word translated as Lord is the proper name for God, Yahweh, or Jehovah. 
the God of chapter 1 of Genesis and the Lord of God of chapter 2 are the same. I like what F.P. Meyer, if you don't know much about F.P. Meyer, F.P. Meyer was an early 20th century theologian and evangelist. I'd highly recommend downloading eSword. I've used eSwords for, for almost a decade on my laptop and on my phone. I've paid for numbers, uh, a lot, I mean, dozens of commentaries, dictionaries, references, resources to help to help understand and read the Bible a little bit. Of course, being a seminary has taught me a lot as well. Doing my service and outreach through ministry, evangelism, working with youth and seniors over the year has taught me that as well. But something I'm going to read from F.B. Meyer, dated back 1914 from a commentary that F.B. Meyer wrote from Genesis 2, about Genesis 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. Man and Eden, innocence. The first paragraph belongs to the previous chapter as it is clear from the use of the same term for God, Elam. God's rest was not from weariness or exhaustion, but because his work of creation was finished. He is ever at work. Remember John 5:17. We enter into his rest, and when we cease to worry and trust him in all and for all, in Genesis 2, 4, Moses incorporates another of those wonderful God-given narratives which had been handed down from the lips of the patriarchs. It is marked by the use of another term for God, Jehovah, Ephraim. Every man is entrusted with a garden, and that he may keep it. God's goodness is no excuse for idleness. Whether your heart and life shall produce weeds or flowers and fruits depends on yourself. And you can reference that from Proverbs chapter 4, 23 and Proverbs chapter 24. In my own words, I say, as you can see that new beginnings can spark creation from our wonderful and amazing creator, God. For the Hebrews, new beginnings were to act of trusting God as they ventured into the wilderness and were to start over with new calendars, dates, times, and rewriting their history while traveling the past failures or misfortunes behind them. In Exodus 12.1, we can see that now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land, in the land of Egypt, saying in Exodus 12.2, This month shall be your beginning of the months. It shall be the first month of the year to you, the Passover. Now, as we read through and we learn about new beginnings in Judaism, we learn that new beginnings spark not just a chance to renew your your spirit and have a newfound connection with the Lord and, and relieve your sin of the sins and the guilt and, that you've been dragging around, but it also embarks on this journey of what God tells not just us as humans to do, but what the earth is doing. The earth is changing. During the wintertime and the fall time, the entire world is furthest away from the sun. And yes, I am a Christian, but I, I love science. I love uh, astronomy. I often study it. And and I do believe that the heavens, as I mentioned this before in my first episode, that the heavens are the vast expanse of the world that's out there and the world that is around us. The heavens are the stars, the galaxies, the planets, so far out that we can't even beyond to comprehend where they are at. In fact, I actually believe like some 
uh, theatrical theologians and those who study science and, and their faith, their Christian faith and other faiths that religions that the new earth that we will have is not in our own galaxy, it's in another galaxy far away. Maybe maybe this this new earth is somewhere out there that so far away that we can't even we can't even get to. When we look up the closest planet, habitable planet to Earth, focuses habitable planet to Earth is Proxima Centauri B. There is actually a really good YouTube video about this. Uh, humans make an exploration traveling 4.5, about 4.5 light years away to get to Proxima Centauri B. It's the most habitable as we, we've come to find out in astronomy as far as the atmosphere is concerned. It's larger than Earth, but it's relatively very similar in dimension, size, and the unique properties of it, it could possibly sustain life. I kind of think of it as when we go to heaven and that new earth, maybe that's where the new earth is. You know, maybe it's kind of like something you see on an avatar. No, that's not far-fetched as a Christian to think. And I don't think it's, you know, necessarily wrong to say that because we have to have not only something to believe in, but something to feel confident that we know where we're going. If you've ever read the book, there's a book out there. It's a, not a Christian book. It's called, um, it's about the man from Mars. Pull it up here. Man from Mars. Book, uh, and forgive me, give me. Uh, it's not the, there it is. There it is. It's by Robert Heimler, Stranger in a Strange Land. This was written in the 70s and almost predicted what's going on today. It's not by a Christian author that I'm aware of. It's a German author. But man, I've read this book and I've listened to it. And it's incredible. It predicts around the 2034 uh, 2034, we will be sending explorations to Mars, Mars missions, and we will use the moon as kind of our central landing point to get to Mars. And it takes about four and a half years to get there and then four and a half years to get back. So about nine years, eight to nine years in total for a round trip. And we send human beings to Mars and find another civilization there. Well, anyway, to get to the short of it, it's not far-fetched to think that that could happen, but this author, Robert Heinlein, uh, predicted this, that we would do this around 2034, which is seemingly kind of what we're aiming for now to start sending Artemis missions to the moon and use the moon as a, uh, a, a, as a platform to get to Mars. But what I'm getting at here is when God created all creation, he created everything, whether humans have been around for 100,000 years or 6,000 years. For you flat earth out thinkers out there, I do believe the earth is round 100% and uh, I, I believe that based on science and physics. But when we look out there at the, the planets and what's going on, we can see that creation is all around us and changing is not a bad thing. The change is part of life cycle, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God. We see it all around us. Those people who are theists and believe that nature is 
uh, being entwined and being indwelled and loving one nature all around you and being in harmony with nature. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I just have a different particular belief pattern, but I do believe we need to be in harmony with the nature, mother nature as God created it. David Guzak in 2020 states that this month shall be your beginning of the months. The coming deliverance from Egypt was a such a significant act that God told the children of Israel to remake their calendar. The new year would now start with the month of their redemption from Egypt. It was a dramatic way of saying that everything was to change. And of course, my own words this year, the Jews give us a reminder that the history of faith is in constant work to repair maintenance and remind us of where our foundation for salvation rests. The book of Ezra gives many meaningful insights and examples of how the history of our faith came from the beginning, making changes, and starting over repeatedly. The best example we know and can share is our end goal, the salvation of our faith and restoration for our lives in Christ Jesus. In the book of Ezra, we read, Ezra 3, 1, And when the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Ezra 3, 2, Then Joshua, the son of Zozak, and his brethren, the priest, and Zebra Bella, the son of Shatel and his brethren arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses that the man of the man of God. And Ezra free free. Though fear had come upon them because of the those people of those countries, they set the altar on its basis and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening burnt offerings. Now, the building of the altar, as F.B. Meyer states this in 1914, throughout the, their history, the true Israelites were eager to maintain their genealogy. Wherever they were scattered, they carefully guarded their national registers. Each of us should be able to establish his descent descent and to vindicate his claim to be considered a child of God, a joint heir with Christ and a protector in the inheritance of which God had promised them that love him. If you cannot establish your sonship, you may doubt your right to the spiritual blessings which are part of the family estates. This is clearly illustrated by the prohibition issued against the eating of the most holy things by the priests whose names were not found in the register. And it was common, um, speaking off, off, off Bethany Meyer, it was common for them, the Jews, to use an um and a thumb uh, to be able to determine what God was saying. It's kind of like flipping a coin. They were rolling dice. The um and the thumb were similar to dice, and they would roll them, and this would tell them whether or not uh, what God's answer and response was to their questions that they had. If you are to Google and look up what an um and a thumb are, you will see that these things are elements of the Hashin. They were breastplate worn by the high priest attached to the epod. They are connected to the Klermosim. Most scholars suspect that that phrase refers to two sets of objects by the high priest to answer questions or reveal the will of God. Now, some churches do still have them. I've, I've heard of Catholic and Protestant churches still having them. Um, I've heard that people and theology using them to try to decipher messages from God. And of course, prophets were, it was common for prophets to use these as well too, to determine whether or not the, 
uh, God was sending them a message and giving them a response as the Jews were always eager to have a response as to what their answers were. And the changing of creation and, and the new creation, earth has to shed its skin. It has to change with the seasons. There's a perfect pattern as to why earth revolves around the sun 365 days a year. And during the fall and the winter times, it's furthest away from the sun with the equator pointed further south. Now, there is this is no coincidence by science. This was because I believe God created this in order for humans to have a perfect environment in order to live and thrive. Uh, again, I don't believe that the earth is flat, not at all. I definitely know that the earth is round, but I also believe in science. And I believe that our, our universe out there is constantly expanding. And just to think that God created all things, the dinosaurs, the past, the present, uh, the stars, one of my favorite planets, Jupiter. I love Jupiter, gas giant. It's just so beautiful. And I love all the moons around. It's hundreds of moons. And I like Pluto. Pluto is as close to the Kuiper belt as we can get to in our galaxy. And I think it's just so remarkable. Uh, one of my favorite galaxies out there would be the Spiral Galaxy and, of course, the Sombrella Galaxy. The thing that God created all those things, the God that we believe in, all creation must shed and change just like in our patterns of behavior we we spent spring and summer preparing for fall and winter during the spring we were growing we were enjoying ourselves becoming more active with our lifestyles all the smells the aromas the flowers the outdoor activities there in the summertime we're full blown for most of us we're outside constantly people walking their dogs or their dogs walking them like my dogs like to walk me um or people are out there with their families they're having sports going on there's camping there's hiking there's surfing there's all these outdoor things and then for some of us you know maybe you're introverted and you stay inside and you just like to look outside or feel the reflective sun rays hitting you getting that vitamin d as much as you can by writing a book or reading a book but then comes fall that nice cool brisk here in the southeast uh, particularly in south carolina in the carolinas and georgia we get this this it hits right around the first week of October and the last week of September. You get this little cold front that just hits all of a sudden. And I can remember when I was a, a, a teenager, it was about the last time I remember that it would snow. We'd get snow, uh, snow sometimes around Thanksgiving, but obviously it doesn't happen anymore because of global warming. And granted, that was 15, 20 years ago at least. Um, but I remember it has never since to amaze me that that fall weather always when it hits you you realize ah i get a relief it's time to relax a little bit did i get enough sunlight there in the, the summertime to have my vitamin d for those of us who have to take vitamins for vitamin d um, but then you're also happy because you can put on that hoodie and that jacket and you can smell all the the smells of the squash and the pumpkin and the corn being harvested and the apples because a lot of apple there in the fall, the beginning of fall, that's the time the apples are typically harvested. It's just a great time, in my opinion, and the way I feel. And it's almost like nature enjoys it as well. It's like God's telling us, hey, look, you did all these things. It's time to prepare to relax, get ready for wintertime so that you can be prepared to focus on you. During wintertime, 
It's not uncommon that depression seems to strike many people more often than none. And during this time, that the depression, it seems to, uh, and I apologize, my dogs are barking. Um, yes, I am human, and I'm not going to be like some podcasters and not relate with what they're doing. I am doing this from my own home. I am, uh, I'm not wealthy enough to uh, afford my own studio, nor do I really care to. I think that having that natural environment is a beautiful part of speaking to other people because then they can connect with you a little bit more. They can feel that, hey, this person's a, a normal person. They're like me. They're, they're not weird and bizarre. They don't have to have all this fancy equipment everywhere. In fact, I only spent about 200 bucks on the equipment I have. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. It sounds really great. I'm thankful for what Spotify and Apple and the other programs are allowing me to do with this podcast. But getting back to the story, God tells us that part of this changing and going into wintertime helps us to reveal what he wants for our lives. You know, when we look at the time of Passover, this was a time that the, the, Jew, the Hebrews were taken out of slavery and they were given new land new opportunity but their struggles and their troubles did not end it only began with not having a home a place to call their home i mean we're talking not just a few families you know we're, we're talking thousands and thousands of people i mean it could have been estimated 60 70 thousand people are here in a desert traveling north out of Egypt trying to find a promised land and they sat there for years but God provided for them and God told them that look I will provide for my people and I will give you an opportunity to to grow and expand but you have to just relax you're coming into this time of changing the earth's changing and so are you so is your your place your habitat as humans and believers or even non-believers, we need to adjust that our life is going to change. And sometimes that changing helps us bring new skin and new light to our minds and bodies in the future. But what we do during that time of solitude, away from all the things that we're distracted by from the summer and the spring, the fall reflects on that. Are we taking time to write in our journals? Are we spending time with our family and friends? Are we talking positive thoughts and communications to other people, not just ourselves, but within our own communities? Are we reaching out to people and telling them how thankful we are that they spent the summertime with us, that they were able to enjoy and embrace some of those warm kindred moments but for those of us who are struggling with depression, um, is this a time that you're going to just curl up into a little ball and think, I'm just going to hibernate all winter? No longer am I going to do my artwork or go outside and take long walks or spend time with my family or even write or read or play my video games, whatever distracts you from that negative place. No, this should not be a time for that. This should be a time for reflection. One of my favorite topics of conversation. Time to reflect and meditate on how you can do well in the next coming year. New Year's is right around the corner. Uh, we're about two months away from, a little over two months away from starting a new year. Not just here in the United States, but all around the world. And with that comes the time to have a, a new perspective on what you're going to do in the next year. 
I know that as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that that new perspective means I have goals and ambitions and things I want to accomplish. But I'm also not going to subjectively overwhelm myself by trying to force it because God, when he created the heavens and the earth, he took his time. It was very delicate. And he talks about this change in the Bible as a delicate process, not something that we should immediately rush into and anticipate the coming uh, new skin or new, new creation. We should take our time and prosper well with it. I love Psalm 90, verse 1, from everlasting to everlasting. This is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Of course, we know that Psalms was a book not just written by David, but also Moses. Lord, you have been in our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them like a flood. They are like a sheep. In the morning, they are like grass which grows. And in the morning, it flourishes and grows up. In the evening, it is cut down and withers. For when we have cons- or when we have been consumed by your anger and your wrath, we are terrified, and you have set our inequities before you, our secret sins in the light of your conscience. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are seventy years, and it is by reason of strength they are eighty years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands for us. Such a beautiful, beautiful, insightful psalm psalm to read. And this psalm particularly not only reminds me of what the changing of the year is and what change is really ultimately like for God, but he's, he's passed this on to Moses to tell humans, other human beings, that rushiness is not going to get us very far if we try to rush through it. Change as part of earth change as a part of our lives and we need to reconcile our past we need to cut our differences and we need to think and honor those around us that we care about those that maybe we even had some troubles and falling out with those we may have even hurt and people 
will again look back to us and say, you know what, that change helped me to have a new and brighter future. Now, if you're a non-believer and you're listening to this message, I encourage you to do your study and research. I'm not one to subjectively force my faith and my beliefs on anyone, even as a Christian, because there was one time that I thought I was a Christian, but I wasn't. I would walk the walk and talk the talk, but I really wasn't. I was a non-believer. But it was love that changed my heart. And whether people believe that or not, I, I'm i very fond of it. And I think for a non-believer, you can't go wrong with finding love from something that you can't see, but you can feel in your heart. You can't touch it physically, but it touches you in one way or another. And yes, the Bible does not, or I'm sorry, and no, the Bible does not teach us that life is going to be like, going to Willy Wonka factory, everything is candy and colorful and all around you. No, in fact, as believers, we learn that life can be quite harsh for many of us, and it's not as simple as it sounds. Yes, you dress up to go to church, a lot of people do, but it's not as pretty as it looks for a lot of believers, whether you believe in in my Christian God, my Judas God, or, or you believe in other gods, Your religious practice teaches you that patience comes with a virtue. I like to think of Confucius. If you know who Confucius is, he was one of China's most influential and greatest philosophers. He did not write very much. and He was around thousands of years ago. In fact, uh, even before Christ. But Confucius would travel Asia because he was inspired by education. Education led to wisdom, and he believed that God would inspire people to be more educated if we took the time to gain wisdom and understanding. Confucius died as an old man, but he never completed his goal as he wanted to. In short, I'm going to end with that and wrap up with that. I hope and I pray that each and every person out there listening has a good Sunday and a good start to the week. May you be safe-minded, guarded, and protected in the Lord and Jesus Christ, our name and our Savior. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen to this Sunday message. It was something I did not expect to do, but I hope that you enjoyed it and you were able to learn from it. And look forward to other messages coming in the future as I will try to incorporate this into my podcast as well as the mental uh, psychological health and healthcare needs and other topics I plan to discuss. Have a wonderful day and a blessed start to your week.